Welcome to Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. This podcast is all about learning to take care of yourself, your life, and your practice. Are you ready? Let's go. to one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that you absolutely freaking love. Today, I am talking with Dr. Nisha Chellum. She is a wonderful functional medicine internist who brings the word lies to us today. She's got an interesting way to describe why we're lying to ourselves, how we make up these stories in our head about how we should be doctors to patients instead of being partners and guides with them. And she offers a really unique perspective on why she thinks we are all going through burnout. So I want to give you this conversation and then I'll have you stick around afterwards for that kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. for joining me today. Tell our audience all about your fabulous self. Thank you so much, Erin. Really enjoy um, listening to your podcast, and I'm so glad to be in one. Um, so I am a recovering physician. That's what I call myself. In other words, um, so my background is I'm an internist, and I used to be a hospitalist. And I would, I, at the time I started being a hospitalist, I thought I, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, because um, for one thing, as an internist, you get to see very complex patients. Patients come to you almost dying, and then you get them better, and you send them out. And I think there's nothing more gratifying than that. But what happens is in six months, you suddenly realize it's the same patients that come through this revolving door. And it, you know, it, this is where I think you get to question, like, what am I really doing? What am I doing for these patients? And then I, I, I always tell people, we tell ourselves those lies, you know, the patients are non-compliant. The patients are not listening. They don't do this. They don't do that. And that's why they get sick. And over the years, I think that, that job lasted about three years. And then I went to the federal government. And then I started my private practice. And each time I found there was a problem. So no matter what you do, if you have a problem, the problem is with you, right? It's not with the profession. So in the last few years, I had probably a decade ago, I discovered, um, I, I wouldn't say I discovered, I found functional medicine. And that's been my ticket to, um, I would say, having the practice of my dreams. I really enjoy what I do. And I no longer am I... Uh, the dogmatic physician, but I'm actually a partner in the team that's involved in the care of my patient. And I'm a 100% partner, just like the patient is a 100% partner in their own team. So that's what I do. I practice functional medicine and I am based out of Michigan and I have my own practice. So a lot of my practice is about education, uh, educating patients and some of my patients are physicians, are nurses, and really educating people to look 
at disease process um, and from a different angle with the thought of resolving the problem rather than managing it. So I always tell people I'm in the business of creation of health, just like um, and not in the management of disease. So it's just a little different way to look at things. But isn't it so important just to have that minor shift? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that puts you in a totally new lane. Absolutely. Yep. Because no longer am I responsible for the patient's high blood pressure. No longer am I responsible for their high blood sugars. They understand they have a lot of responsibility in managing their disease. I tell them, your doctor is only responsible for your drugs and disease, but health is your responsibility. I'm your GPS. And it's so easy to be a GPS because we have the knowledge of the disease, as well as helping them guide them through that process of regaining their health, because that's progress. When you look at traditional medicine, what do people do? They get worse no matter how many years they see you. They start off with just a little high blood pressure, a little weight gain, a little cholesterol, a little insomnia. And before you know, we're blaming menopause or we're blaming the job, we're blaming the family, we're blaming stresses in our life, but there is no responsibility as far as we go. And, I, and that way, I, I really think when the patient thinks you're responsible, for their health and they come and see you once a year, that's a very stressful relationship to have with your patient or even perform your job because you're not responsible for anybody's health other than your own. And I think as physicians, we burn out because we believe we're responsible. A mammogram that misses a breast cancer, a colonoscopy that misses a colon cancer, how can we be responsible? We do the test, but we don't know how to tell people how to prevent disease. And that's why it becomes a very, I, I really think the true reason why as physicians we burn out is we fail in the job we do uh, several times. And we don't realize it as failure. How many times would you call a plumber to come to your house to fix the same tap or same pipe every three months? But that's what our patients do. They come every three months to get a refill of their medications to get more testing done or for us to say, oh, you know what, I got to increase your methotrexate or I got to increase your prednisone or I got to add another inhaler. We're not getting them any better. That's a very stressful way to do your job, right? right? It absolutely is. And I love what you're doing. And we met in the female physician entrepreneur yes. group. Yes. And it has been so fun getting to know you and doing small activities and that sort of thing. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, but I'm even more excited about the word that you're bringing today. And the word you're bringing is lie. Yes. Tell everybody why you picked this word, because I am just busting at the seams to talk about it. So the lie is what I think. Um, so we hang out in a similar social media groups. And one of the things I hear and I listen to over and over again is the frustration in people's minds, right? And a lot of time it's because of the lies we tell ourselves. I can't do this. I am stuck. It's so difficult. I don't know what to do. So we have these limitations. I think limitations for us is the same as lies. When we limit ourselves, we're lying to ourselves. Because the truth is, 
our opportunities, our thought process, and our life is really built around abundance with no limitations. When we limit ourselves, we kind of create those lies which doesn't allow us to progress to the next step. And I think that's why we struggle. When I listen to, uh, what do they call it, moral fracture, spiritual burnout, or physician burnout, I think because we all live in this lie of limitations. So I feel if you're dissatisfied with something, everybody needs to know they don't have to stay in that situation. The only thing that keeps them in that situation is the lie that they're telling themselves. And uh, this is something that happened uh, for me and in my transition to become a functional medical doctor, which was probably about 12 years ago when I was working at the VA. Um, I think in 2006, uh, I, I worked at the VA where I got paid pretty well. My husband worked for General Motors and, the, and our kids were very small at that time. And we wanted to move into this great school district. And of course, we wanted to have a big home like everybody else, you know, um, keeping up with the Joneses. But this huge home, I uh, wanted to have our, um, my in-laws, my parents, everybody staying with us to help with the kids. So it was a huge home now, which meant I had a huge mortgage. So this was around, I believe, 2006. By 2008 or nine. I realized coming, I was coming home every evening crying. I hated my job so much, but I felt stuck. I felt stuck because I bought this home. There's no way I was quitting to do anything on my own. And that's the lie I kept telling myself. And I even, no matter how much we did the numbers, I just couldn't wrap my mind around quitting my job. And I remember, um, talking to a friend and I saying, I just wish I could do something in the private sector on my own because this is not working. Our patients are getting sicker and I couldn't do, you can't do anything outside the box in a federal government job, right? So I remember telling her, I, I can't do it. So she says, what's your problem? And I said, you know, I'd taken out a loan from my uh, retirement fund to pay towards my home. And if I don't pay that, I can't quit the job. It was something to do with how I had to pay the money. Or if I quit the job, I had to pay it within um, three month period. And she said, how much do you owe? And she gave me the money. I, I, I will not even, I just happened to, she gave me the money. She said, you can pay it whenever you're ready. And this is a person who didn't know me, who had just joined the VA at that time. And I still owe it to her because she trusted she didn't take a single piece of paper saying, I'm giving you this money. You have to pay it back. Nothing. And over the year, if there was anything, when I quit that job the first year, I worked very hard to pay that loan back. And suddenly I realized there were no limitations. I could actually pay this money back. The only thing that she gave me is she took away the burden for a temporary moment. But it's like... Um, um, this, this is saying, right, ask and you shall get. And that's really what I did at that point because it, my desire to do something different was so strong. I quit and I started. And before I knew, the first year of my practice, I think I made the most money I've ever done in, in my entire life yeah. because there were no limitations. I was not stuck about anything. I just had a goal and a vision as to what I wanted to do. 
Yeah. So that's amazing. That's such an amazing story because I've had a similar situation in my life where same thing, coming home crying, like I can't do this, but yet I can't leave this. And the, the, it was my husband. I remember sitting at our kitchen bar and he was like, Aaron, there is a doctor shortage. Like yeah. there are so many other things that you can do. And right. like, for some reason, it's, it's almost that you have to have that shift to yeah. be like, well, holy shit. Yes. That is so, you know, and that was for you for that money. Like once you got the money, you're like, oh my God, I can go make money anywhere doing anything in right. any place. Right, right, right. I mean, it's it, really, if you want to achieve something, you just have to have that singular goal. And it's really about continuing to swim, swim, swim. I always say run like somebody's chasing you till you get to the other side safe. And you can do it. It's just because that's how we are all wired. But the minute you start looking at the limitation, and I'm, I'm sure people have seen this on social media where they have this big horse, um, strong horse, um, chained to a little plastic chair. And it's standing still without running. That's how most of our limitations are. You know, all it needs is run and the plastic chair will be done. I mean, it, it doesn't need to stay stuck. But we are stuck because what we think about, and if I were to, if I didn't speak to my friend about, you know, what my concern was, or, um, you know, say, you know, this is what I need to do, and this is what is stopping me. I don't know, maybe it was meant to be. She was thrown in my life to help me, and this is where I am today. And 10 years later, my practice has evolved from just a simple private practice into something where I just love to do what I do. Um, I actually look forward to coming to work. I work three days a week, uh, literally in my practice, and I see about five or six patients a day. And I still make probably as much as money as I was making at the VA, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah. you're doing it on your terms. Yes, your way. I, I mean, if I yes, I would say the only um, like you said, I, I think when we before we started this, we had this discussion. I want to do a job. I don't want to have a vacation from. So I do take vacations, but I take weekends because I you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can actually do whatever I want. So I pretty much I take three day weekends off, and that seems to do it for now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love it. And you know, it's so true. And I think that's what's so powerful. And we talked about this before we jumped on the recording, what coaching brings, it mm -hmm. helps draw out those lies that you're telling yourself in your head, those, those thought patterns that have made cages. And when you have to verbalize them out and put them out for someone else to help you kind of muddle around in them, there's so much awareness and self-discovery that shows you like, well, I'm chained to a little plastic chair. Like right. we can get this gone. Right. There is, the, I don't think there are any true, true hard limitations any one of us has. So when you say, tell about coaching, I told you uh, my very first coaching call was a guy. Um, and, you know, when I came out in 2010 from the VA, Elect electronic medical records were not a thing in the private sector at all. I mean, people were still using paper charts. And having worked at the VA for almost 10 years, and um, in the federal government, if there's anything that they do well is they 
catch on to technology and the VA was a great place and I wanted to have an EMR out the door. And I remember going to all these vendors and each of these EMRs were 33,000, 30,000. I mean, it was not, it was not cheap in 2007, 2008. So I remember creating, wanting to create this complete paperless, um, um, practice, which was really very unique at that time, but I didn't know how to present it to the public, right? I didn't, because most people wanted to come to the doctor. They wanted to sign into a receptionist. And it was so funny. My very first couple was an elderly couple. They were in their eighties. I, I had subleased a space because I was doing a micro practice, the ideal medical practices where you make an appointment online. And in fact, it was so funny, I would have this number on my website saying call for an appointment and that would come into my cell phone. And I was, again, I was lying to myself. I don't want people to know that I'm the physician. So I'll say, Dr. Chalam's office. And they'll say, I'd like to make an appointment. I would make the appointment without telling them that I was Dr. Chalam. And then they would show up and there would be no receptionist. I would walk out and say, come on, I'll take you in and I'll weigh you. I'll do. They were so flustered because they said, what do you mean I don't have to wait in the waiting room? Why are you taking my blood pressure? Who do I call? And then I said, oh, I'm going to put all your labs on a patient portal and you can look it up there. And it was, in fact, they left my practice actually because they wanted to sit in a doctor's office where they would wait half hour to be called. So I still remember that. And I, you know, you almost feel like, oh, maybe you should change what I'm doing. But then I realized I needed to shift who was going to be a part of my practice. I was looking at the well-educated middle-aged woman who really wanted to be in control of her health. And so I, I still remember doing that. And at that time, I got a coaching, a, a call, a, a, I joined a pra, uh, some kind of an online free coaching session. I don't even know why I did that. I think I did it for business. I think there was something about make more money, da, 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 da. You know how you get attracted to these things. So I called and the guy actually spoke to me and he presented my practice in the most amazing way. And I said, wow, I would have never thought of presenting it this way to anyone. And he said, no problem. I can coach you through it. It's a six-week coaching program. It's 1400 And I'm like, click. I just left the receiver down. I'm like, I'm not paying anybody 1400 to teach me how to talk about my own practice. But I can tell you that was one call I always regret because years later, I paid almost 25000 to be coached to present my, uh, you know, what I do and how we are different as a practice. So I think what I, I would say is when somebody says, what does coaching do for you? I can tell you everything about my removing uh, my limitations, um, accepting my lies, finding my truth, my true, real truth, all of that is only through coaching. I had to be honest with myself. What are my fears? What am I really limited by? And that could not have been feasible without having a coach ask you the right questions. A coach never tells you what to do. They just ask you the right questions. And when you get the right question, they'll say, there's a saying, when you are asked the right question, you're going to have to face the answer. You cannot escape from the answer. You cannot hide from the real truth behind it, right? And I think that's what coaching did for me. So, yes. Oh my I, gosh, you've just given me like the best coaching plug ever. I love it. <laughs> So everybody hear that out there that it, 
It is, it is amazing thing. Well, thank you so much. That just delights my heart because you just summed up exactly what I have had so much trouble putting into words when people are like, why do I want to work with you? <laughs> no, totally. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. In fact, I tell my patients now, I'm not your doctor. I'm actually your coach. I'm your GPS because you know your body better than I do. I know the disease better than you do but I don't know your body. So you're going to tell me what's happening and I'm going to coach you to ask the right questions and do the right things. So that's what I feel like medicine should go in that direction. Then you have a happy doctor and a happy patient and no burnout for anyone. Exactly. And that's the thing too, is that those kind of conversations can't happen in a sliver of time. You know, no. you, you do, you have to sit down and there has to be not only the investment that they're making financially, but the time investment. I think that's something that we really undercut in traditional healthcare is the resource of time. Right. Right. And we don't get paid. We, we work. And I, I say this all the time. Insurance does not insure you against disease. Insurance mitigates a catastrophic financial burden. That's what insurance is all, always about. Unfortunately, we have taken preventive care and health care, all of that under insurance. It's like, I know you don't use your um, car insurance to change oil in your car, right? You don't rotate your tires by using your car insurance. But we do. We say, I want to go have this chat with my physician for an annual physical exam and $150 is charged to the insurance. If like the 2 billion people are charging $150, the insurance has to make money somewhere. So I think we need to start thinking a little differently about our healthcare, our disease management, why doctors are really burning out, why patients are dissatisfied. I don't think there's a better time in the world to be a physician today because our patients are more well-informed. They can actually have an intelligent conversation with you you, are, you have access to a lot of biohacking, whether it comes to health, whether it comes to aging, whether it comes to cancer management. And as physicians, because we have the uh, foundation of science, we can actually go past all of these, um, what do you call the foo-foo medicine that goes around, you know, um, drink this elixir and this, like you see stuff like, eat the rind of a lemon and your cancer goes away, you know that's not true. But we have great authority to actually do what we love to do, lifestyle medicine, whether it be coaching. I think our, um, our field has really increased and I think every physician needs to open their eyes and understand that they have no limitations. If they're really good at what they're doing and if they're getting burnt out because of bureaucracy, I mean, pretty much you can walk out. Yeah. And Take your ball and go play somewhere else like both yeah. of us have done. Exactly. Yeah. I love your analogy of the car repair because I've used that myself with people. Yeah. And I say, you know, you don't go to your mechanic and say, oh, by the way, here's my insurance card for my tire rotation. Right. You just say, okay, what's the estimate on it? You talk about the price, you figure mm -hmm. it out, you know, if that's something you're going to do. And then you pay for it. And I yeah. think that's where we've gotten so misguided, like you said, with the health insurance world that, you know, 
both the patients assuming that their health insurance is going to take care of everything for everything. them and then very mm -hmm. disappointed when they don't. And then as the physician side being so frustrated when a third party is like decide making decisions because they're not, they're not in the business of health and wellness. They're, they're in the business of mitigating cost. Yes. And they, they actually have to answer to their shareholders and most insurance companies are for profit. So pretty much we're just players in this game. And to me, my client, my immediate client should be my patient, but my immediate client, the way we do it is the insurance company because the insurance has the right to say, I'm not going to pay you for this because this is not, you didn't code it right. How many jobs in this country do people go to work and do the work and not get paid? Only in medicine can you do that, mm -hmm. right? And so on true. a regular basis, on a consistent basis. And I think that's where the burnout comes. That's where we get dinged as physicians saying you're not bringing in enough, your RVUs are being looked at and all of those things because we need to know how to play the game. If you love playing the game, I think it's a great place to be. You can see 50 patients, 55 patients and feel satisfied and actually sleep that particular night. I think go for it. But if you feel very disappointed or distracted and uh, stressed and frustrated and fearful, I don't think you need to be in that kind of a position at all. Yeah, I, and I feel absolutely. like we, we have the education to walk away from there and do something on our own. So what would you say to our female physician colleague who's out here listening to this, who maybe is a few steps behind where you are in your journey? What would you say to her right now? So number one is have an awareness. I, what is going on in your mind? Are you really happy where you are? What are you happy about the situation? It could be just the pay. It could be just the pay, or it could be the uh, respect. You know, somebody is in academics, uh, they have a very good, um, they feel good about it, but there are other frustrations that they have. There, I think there, it's a journey, right? Initially, you're happy about something, and then slowly something creeps up as an annoyance. And there is a tipping point where what is getting annoying is going to actually be a daily occurrence. The most important thing we have to be careful about is not get used to it. Once we start getting used to annoyance and live with it and we start uh, building our life around it, that's when you lose control. So I think you need to be truthful to yourself. Number two, look at the emotions that are due. Are you one of those who says, oh, thank God it's Friday. I'm not on call this weekend. Oh, I hate it's Monday. I remember waking up the last year of my VA uh, job. Every Monday, I would cringe to wake up. It was just driving me nuts to get to work. But if you're like that, if you hate doing things five days a week, you have a problem. So number one is having being aware. Number two is admitting that you actually have a problem. Number three is also seek help. I cannot emphasize enough. There are people like you who are struggling. Seek help and see what are your other options. Sometimes I agree. You know, you have kids in college or you have a new home that you have to pay for or you have student loans to pay. I'm not saying just quit and walk away. Plan it. Sit down with your financial advisor. Plan how you can do it. Sit down with your family 
and find out what else can be done. What can be cut down on? What can we do to build this? Or where do I walk out? Do I want to take some time off to think? And I think that's very important is find some time where you're not thinking about anything, but just your future. Envision your future. Because I think most of us live life so reactively that we don't have time to actually listen to our own voices and our own desires. So I think you need to make some time for that. And then once you feel, and you don't have to make every plan perfect. Once you have an outline, jump. And when you jump, you'll find you're better off than where you were before. So I, I think it's really, and then the other thing is don't be limited by just what you know. There are so many other options for physicians, so many options. And I think one of the things, Erin, you said, I, I believe it's you who said locum tenants, a lot of options for locum tenants. You can find different, and I've seen that too. Sometimes maybe in between, before you decide to make a different career choice, you could just go do locums and make sure you're you know, paying your essential bills at that time till you figure out what you want to do. So I, I don't think anybody should be don't feel stuck, number one. Find a friend or find a coach who can actually coach you to the next level. But before that, you need to have clarity in your head. And sometimes that clarity comes by working with a coach. You know, for me, my clarity came, I think, after I uh, worked with a coach. I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew what I was doing it was not what I liked. But what I really wanted took me a long time to get to and even now, I want something more. I mean, I love the practice, but I want to make it in such a way like you. I want to stay at home and I want to have this online presence. So I have a long ways to go, but I have to build my reputation. Now I'm a little calmer than when I first left the VA because now I know there is no limitation. It's just I need to do the work and I know I can get wherever I want to go. Right? Absolutely. I yeah. love it. I love all of that. So everybody who's listening right now, go hit the rewind button and listen to all that again until it sinks in really, really good because I second everything that she just said because you're not stuck and you're not mm -hmm. alone and your current situation is absolutely not what your future situation has to be. Right. And you definitely have to get clarity about what you want and what you need. And that takes time. Yes. And I agree too with the, the jumping plan. I think too many times um, we get to our breaking point and that's when it's the, like, it feels like an absolute, but that's not ex at all how a, tra a, a transitional plan has to happen. And, yeah. and that varies for every single person because I do a lot of transitional planning with the people that I work with and it's all independent on right. that individual. So I think those are some beautiful key points. Well, I know you're going to have to come back on here because I'm dying to talk more about how you built your business, the amazing business practices that you do, because I know you're a rock star at all that. So we'll have to schedule another podcast so you can yeah. give that information out into the world. But if any of the listeners are like, Oh my goodness, I, I love what she's talking about with her functional medicine practice. Um, I'm dying to see how she's doing these things or I want to talk with her. What are some ways that they can find you online or connect with you? So our, my website is Holistic Icon. It's Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi, which is a suburb of Michigan. And uh, our so my social media handle um, for Facebook is Nisha Shalom MD. So it's my first last name and MD. 
and um, Twitter and um, Instagram, it's Holistic Icon. So we, uh, we're quite active on Facebook. Uh, we also have a small community called Holistic Icon Community where people can join. I do a lot of live cooking classes and you know, little stuff that people are looking for. If there's an article that comes out, eggs are good for you. Go ahead and eat eggs. My job is to dissect that and yeah, give and them. Tell them about your podcast too. Oh, yes. Our podcast is called Women Wired for Wellness. And uh, pretty much I feel like one of the biggest, I'm sure many of us uh, who practice medicine realize that women tend to put up with their nonsense a little longer than most people before they get to the doctor and say, you know, I really need help with my weight. I need help with my sleep. I need help with my thyroid, all of those things. And our job is to help them understand that when you have your very first symptom, reach out and we'll be able to help you. So that's what the podcast is all about. Um, really, that's more medicine, but I actually teach medicine to the patients. Yeah, I love it. I've actually checked it out a few times since you told me about being a fellow podcaster. And I just, it's kind of fun to sit back in the patient role sometimes and hear one of my colleagues right. deliver great information. So I love that you're putting that out into the world. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First and sharing all this good knowledge. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, Dr. Chalam, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First and just sprinkling your pearls of inspiration and wisdom with it. Now it's time for that kick of encouragement. Mm, those stories we tell ourselves. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of conversations every single day, and most of them don't take place outside of my own head. Can anybody else relate with that? I bet you totally 100% can. Because, you know, that's the struggle a lot of times, is we play so many scenarios over in our heads, we tell ourselves so many things over and over and over again, it almost feels like truth. But here's the thing we've got to remember, that so many of those, they're just thoughts. They're thoughts that our brains have generated. And many times we hold to those as honest to God, 100% truth, and they're not. They're just the lies. They're just the stories we tell ourselves. And I think it's so important to backtrack a little bit when we start getting into that cycle and believing that our stories are truth. One way that you can do this is when something is a triggering event, something happens, and then you start to think those thoughts. So what I like to do is, you know, when you get that like, jolt and then all of a sudden the thoughts just start pouring out of your brain. You're thinking, thinking, thinking. Well, that thinking then triggers feelings. And then from those feelings, we start acting in certain ways. When you start acting in certain ways, you get results and then those results become your re reality. So if we can go all the way back to the beginning, if we can see when something triggers us and then we can start noting those thoughts that are rolling through our heads, we can change the whole downstream escalation. So let me give you an example from my own life. So a triggering event for me recently was that 
I actually was starting to get some more calls from you guys out there in podcasting world. So it was the fact. It was the the trigger event. I'd got a bunch more calls scheduled on my calendar. My thought was, oh my God, how am I going to handle all these calls? And so then what I realized is from that thought, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not a good enough scheduler. What if I can't help all these people? On and on and on, which triggered the feeling of panic in me. Well, what do I do when I panic? I tend to either hide or shut down or overwork and get burned out. So then that would lead to the outcome of exhaustion, despair, decreased energy, and that's definitely not going to help my reality of what I want to do, which is help you all. So backtracking what I needed to do, go back to that triggering event and look at my thoughts and reprogram those thoughts. So instead of saying, oh my God, how am I going to handle all this? I'll say, oh my God, this is so amazing. People are wanting to talk to me. And that rewires that belief and the feelings that I'm having that they really do think that I can help them. And I know that I can help them because I've helped so many others. And that triggers the feeling of inspiration, of hope, and just being energized. Well, what happens when I feel inspired? I get ready. I make sure I am set and ready to go and to show up on these calls and coach the shit out of people and help them and move them to a life that they love. And what outcomes does that produce? Exactly that, helping people. And that's the reality that I want to reach. So see how that works? If you want to see this stream of thoughts with the triggering events, the thoughts, the feelings, down, 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 check out the show notes. Well, guys, I just want you to know I so appreciate you. I've loved getting to talk to more and more of you, to get to know you. If there's people out there in podcasting land who are like, okay, it's my turn. I'm ready to talk to Aaron. You do it. There's a link for that in the show notes to schedule a call. So remember, my friends, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. Bye.